Hey, it's Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Senior Pastor of Shepherd Church in the greater Los Angeles area. Thank you for joining us today on Godly Goosebumps. We love to tell stories that literally give you goosebumps. But what gives you the goosebumps is hearing how God works in people's lives that you thought God could never work in that person's life. And so we tell these types of stories. And today I'm going to tell you one of the most amazing stories that I've ever been a been able to be a part of. I have behind me a, a mural that someone in our church painted for our podcast room. And up here in this corner is a building from downtown Los Angeles that has those famous words on it, Jesus saves. And that's really what this is all about. This is why it's important that you give us a follow, that you share this story, because stories like this not just give you goosebumps, but they they, they help lead other people to Jesus because when they hear how God worked and redeemed someone like the story we're about to tell, then you kind of get a glimpse that God can redeem anybody. And that might become just the seed of hope that someone needs today. So please, after you hear this story, uh, say a prayer, hit that share button, and, and lead others to follow us here at godlygoosebumps.com. One day I was riding my bike with a group of cyclists. We were in Santa Monica, and we do that a lot on Saturday mornings here in Los Angeles. And there was a guy in the group named Raul, and I didn't know who he was. He's just another guy in the group. But as we were cycling, he began to tell me his, his testimony about how he got saved and how he came to church. And as he told me this story, I literally almost fell off of my bike. It's an incredible story I'd like to share with you. For many years, Raul ended up working on our staff at Shepherd Church in our media arts department, and he always served with a smile on his face. He's literally covered with tattoos and doesn't really resemble what you would imagine a church guy looking like until, of course, he told me his story. It's really an amazing story. Raul was born in Mexico, and both his mother and his father were alcoholics. And when Raul was about three weeks old, I mean, he just just born, he's an infant, his mother and his father decided they didn't want to raise him. And they took him to a bar, I guess down in Mexico, you can take kids into bars with you. He's just a baby, three weeks old. They take him into a bar, they get drunk, they leave the bar, and they place three-week-old Raul in a paper sack and leave him on the side of the road to die. And they walk away. That's where this story begins. In Mexico, three weeks old, in a paper sack, on the side of the road, abandoned. His grandmother, who was the mother of his father, lived in California. But at this time, she happened to be in Mexico. And she was suspicious that something was up, and so she had followed Raul's father and mother to the bar that night. And when she saw that they had placed the baby in a sack and left him on the sidewalk, she took him and smuggled him back into California. Raul's grandmother raised him until he was in the third grade. And then she sent him to live with her other son and paid him to raise the boy. So Raul is actually now in the house of his uncle, but he thought it was his father. In his mind, 
He thought it was his, his own flesh and blood father. Until he was about 40 years of age, he, he'd always thought that this man was his father, when in reality it was his uncle. But after about three years, when he was in the sixth grade, Raul's uncle began abusing him. He never said a word to his grandmother because his uncle would threaten him, so he one day ran away from his house and began living on the streets on the third grade in Los Angeles, living on the streets. At night, he would climb up to the roof of the school and sleep near the warm vents that were just above the kitchen freezers. For food, he would wait on the docks of the local grocery store in the morning when they threw out old produce. He was in pure survival mode, afraid to ask anyone for help, cheating on tests to get through school. Eventually, his friends realized that he was wearing the same clothes every day. He started to smell a little bit. And they began to make fun of him, and they distanced themselves from him. And soon he dropped out of school. And Raul said that his life spiraled when his marriage to his high school girlfriend ended after just six months. He started partying, hanging out with a friend who was a drug addict. The friend later stole a vehicle. Raul was accused of the crime even though he was on the other side of town. And he spent over 60 days in prison. But the description of the suspect did not match him, nor did the fingerprints police found on the van. Raul said that when he went to court, the judge said, what kind of deal do you want? Raul explained, I said, give me probation. I just wanted, he just wanted to get out of the county jail. He said it was crazy in there. Raul received probation and was released from jail. He then moved to Minnesota, tried to start his life over. But it didn't take long before Raul got involved with the wrong people and drugs once again. He was arrested on May 14th, the year 2004, and he was sent to Pine County Jail. Little did he know that his health was in jeopardy because of drug use, stress, lack of food. He literally had a mild heart attack and was rushed to the hospital. His doctor told him that he needed to stop doing drugs or else he would die. When Raul went back to jail the next day, he found a letter on his bunk from his co-defendant that read, you need to be at an outreach meeting tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Now, Raul had no idea what that meant. He just thought he was going to get to talk to his co-defendant and possibly get out of jail, so he went to the meeting, which was held in a small room packed with other guys like him. Raul did not see his co-defendant anywhere. So he turned, he was actually trying to leave, but someone shut the door. And he looked around, he saw an empty chair near the front, and he, had to, he, he went up there and he sat down. And uh, he just put his head down. And suddenly he said, there's an old man named Jim walked into the room and started preaching. And he said, the preacher, do you know God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, but Raul didn't want to hear any of it. And Raul said at that point he could care less about God. Raul said that if there was a God, why would I have been abandoned and have all these terrible things happen to me? It's a good question. So Raul said he sat there on the front row, covered his ears with his hands, put his head between his knees, and tried to drown out the noise. But the more he tried to do that, the more Jim talked about God. He said the more I could hear him. He said, I couldn't believe it. He said he was squeezing his head so hard, he thought his eyes were going to pop out of his sockets. 
and he was extremely angry when Jim finished talking. He decided he wasn't going to get up right away because he was so mad he knew he would probably hit somebody. So he's full of anger, full of rage. So he looked to the left, looked to the right, saw people everywhere, put his head back down and waited, took a deep breath, looked up again to the left and right. Everyone was gone. Raul stood to his feet to leave, but Jim, the old preacher man, was standing right there in front of him. He said to Raul, son, I see the Lord Jesus Christ working in your heart right now. Raul said, I wanted to knock him out. Why would he tell me something like that? And so he said, what? And he said, this preacher put his finger over his heart and said, son, I see the Lord Jesus Christ working in your heart right now. And Raul said right at that moment that he believed. He heard a voice in his right ear and whispered, let there be light. He felt a pounding in his chest that went down his legs and shock waves that went up and down his body, clear through his hands. Suddenly, he said his arms were raised, and he was asking for forgiveness, and he was crying like a baby. Rawl explains when he gives his testimony that when a little child falls down and hurts himself, he runs to his mother or his father with his arms up because he knows they're, gonna, they're going to be picked up. And the child tries to catch his breath and talk, but he can't get the words out. And he said, that's exactly how it was. It was the exact same thing. He said, I was looking up with my arms raised, crying. I was trying to catch my breath. I could hardly breathe. One of the deputies went toward Raul and said, Jim, he's getting ready to take him out. And he said, Jim said, no, don't touch him. He's, he's being filled with the Holy Spirit. Just let him be. Let him be. He's fine. Raul said he got arrested on the 14th of May, but he got saved on the 16th of May. And since the 16th of May, he's been on fire for the Lord every since. Can someone say amen? And here's, here's, what, here's what happens. Remember, he's born in Mexico, paper sack, goes in and out of prison, comes to L.A., lives on the street since he's like in third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. So, so Raul served five and a half years in, in prison, and during that time, he got involved with what's called the Chuck Colson Prison Ministry. And if you know Chuck Colson, uh, long story short, he was involved with Nixon and Watergate, ends up going to jail, and Chuck Colson gets out of jail but realizes when he was in jail that everybody who uh, goes to jail once you get out of jail, it's just a short period of time for you You head right back to jail. So he started what's called the Chuck Colson Prison Ministry, and Raul got involved in this ministry where they began to mentor him, and he began to study the Word of God. He began to read the Word of God. And, and again, he's only got a third-grade education, uh, and so, you know, because he was on the streets starting in elementary school. He can't, he can't really read anything, but Raul can read the Bible frontwards and backwards. He, this man knows the Word of God, but he eventually gets out of prison. Everybody say amen. He gets out of prison, and he comes to Los Angeles, and he goes uh, – he's at a dentist, and the dentist asks him if he goes to church, and the dentist – uh, he, and the, when the dentist asked him, he goes, no, I don't have a church. The dentist gave him a flyer for Shepherd Church. Now, when Raul was 
was in prison, as he's reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God, falling in love with the Word of God, he said his favorite Bible passage was Psalm chapter 23 that talks about the Lord is my shepherd. So when the dentist gave him this flyer for our church and he saw it was called Shepherd Church, he just felt God saying, that's the church you're supposed to go to. So Rawl shows up here at our church. No one knows who he is. Again, he's covered in tattoos. Nobody knows his story. Uh, I will say all his, all his tattoos were Batman tattoos, uh, just to show you he had a good heart. Uh, but again, he just kind of had lived a rough life. Uh, most of us cannot relate to. Don't ever forget, he was when he was born, he was placed in a paper sack down there on the streets of Mexico and left to die. Somehow comes to the States. All this happens to him, in and out of prison, gets saved, Chuck Colson pr prison ministry. But when he was in prison being... Uh, mentored, they told him, when you when you find a church, show up and just volunteer. Don't, don't tell anybody your story right away. Just get in there and volunteer. And so that's what he did. He showed up here. No one knew who he was. And, and oh, 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 one more thing I forgot to tell you, so important to the story. The, the people that were mentoring him in prison said, when you get to the church, just volunteer. And they used this phrase, let the king, let the king, Jesus, let the king move you forward. In other words, don't do anything, but just get in there and serve and watch watch what God does in your life, how God will, will move you to the front. He'll move you up up the chain, up the ladder. He'll, he'll, he'll give you more and more as you just serve faithfully. So that's exactly what he did. He shows up, sits on the back row. Nobody knows who he is. He literally volunteers at everything, at every event. We look over, and here's this guy just serving, whether we're setting up chairs whether we're helping you know, foster care kids or in the media department, we just need people to carry equipment. Everywhere we turn, he just keeps showing up. Well, eventually we start paying him uh, hourly, then we start paying him part-time, and eventually he becomes full-time and he's on our staff. He's the guy that when I preach – He's the guy right before I preach. He's the one that puts the pulpit up on the stage, and I walk out, and he's up in the front, puts the pulpit on the stage where I lay my Bible, and I begin to preach. I mean, the king literally moved him to the front, uh, just like he was mentored. Uh, and, and so crazy story. Rawls here. He's involved in the church. He's a totally transformed man starts to go to these shops to get the tattoos removed. Uh, not that that's a big part of the story at all, but it's just the transformed life of a man who who was really had, had nothing, left at the side of the road as a baby, left to die. God somehow gets him into the States, you know, gets him off the streets, gets into prison, gets saved, gets out of prison, shows up at a church, and truly becomes our best volunteer and one of our best staff. And at the end of the story, he meets and he falls in love with a LAPD police officer, this woman who works for LAPD. They meet, they date, they fall in love, and he has a child and, and a new family. And again, this story, as I think about the details of it, it literally, it literally gives me goosebumps. Rawl eventually moved to Tennessee uh, not too long ago, and right before he left, I want to show you this video. Right before he left, uh, he showed up. It was kind of a 
rainy, foggy day, kind of eerie, and it was his last ride, and he'd gone full circle. He's getting ready to move uh, to Tennessee with his wife. Uh, she retired and, and wanted to get to, to Tennessee. I want you to meet Rawl. I want you to hear uh, and see his tears and the emotion and the love and the affection that we have, and we actually prayed for him before he leaves. This was his last ride, then he goes to Tennessee, but I want you to see this video. Raul has been with us from practically from day one, and I never thought I'd see this guy leave this place. Me neither. He's leaving, and he's going to Tennessee, and we love him dearly. We love Absolutely. him dearly, so. We love you, bro. Yeah. Pastor yeah. Dudley, oh, you too. I'm gonna miss you, man. Oh, we could talk you out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes. You haven't given us a chance. You're a good man, buddy. Mm-hmm. Served the Lord well here. Yeah, helped a lot of us, bro. I'm sending you on a mission trip to yep. all those hillbillies. <laughs> Should have kept all those tattoos, man. <laughs> uh, oh my That's funny. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for today, and uh, it's sad for all of us uh, and for all because we just love him so much, and he's just been here at this church for so long and just serves. That's all he does. It's all he's ever done. It's all he's ever known. We thank you for his uh, story, uh, his testimony, and we know that Shepard played a big part of that. And uh, we know that as he heads off into the next season of his life, God, that that story will continue to be written. And as exciting as all this has been for him, that the next chapter will be equally as encouraging and inspiring. And uh, just let him know as he leaves that he's well loved and uh, we'll keep him in our prayers. And you can always come back. That's the great thing about it. And um, Lord willing, we'll all still be here. Mm -hmm. We know one day we'll all be together in heaven uh, forever and ever. And that's because of our faith in you. And so thank you for loving us. And thank you for all these guys in the circle. And uh, just, just help us have a good ride today and be safe in this somewhat dangerous weather and environment. And uh, get back and have a great weekend. So Rolf will put that podium up on that stage for me uh, once again god we love him just be with him and his family we ask in jesus name amen amen, amen. <laughs> love you guys miss you all mm-hmm been good bro it's been good <laughs> better than she did been able to serve you. I mean, you took the heart and everything for you. I love you, brother. Love you too, man. Little mission. And in about two months, we might all be in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone thinking about it? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them what it looks like when you get there. <laughs> Make sure to remember us and reach back. Oh, your address. <laughs> exactly. The good news is I'm taking my life to business. Yeah, we'll continue it. Continue it because there's some shepherd people over there that nearby, so we I got the okay to continue life with there. So it's gonna be the good part. I like that. Oh, can't you see? Can't you see what kind of guy 
he is. And when I when I think when I think about Rawl, there's a couple things that come to mind. The first is the miracle of the gospel being able to change a person's life. You cannot argue with the power of a changed life. I, I don't know of anybody, never met anybody who was born and placed on the side of the road in a sack in another country left to die and ends up not only being saved, but marrying a police officer after getting out of prison, having a child, moving to Tennessee, being involved in church, and affecting so many people's lives just by the way he lived. I think of that verse in Ezekiel that says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you and I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you heart of flesh. That's what God did to Raul. But the second thing I want you to see is the power of community as he came to a church, the wisdom that he received in prison, that when you get out, just get to a church and volunteer. And here's a guy who never really had a family, ever, until he's in prison and he gets saved. And now all of us who are saved, he becomes a part of our family. And as you look at his life and study his life, you can see the emotion as he leaves this church because we truly had become a family. And that's where the church and the power of community, of people from all walks of life coming together and simply serving to make a difference for God here on this earth, helping point people to Jesus Christ. Oh, that's a powerful, powerful story. I hope one day to have Raul in, Raul in studio and we'll actually interview him face to face. But thank you for joining us today. I hope you'll hit that share button. Listen to the story again. There's a lot of details to it. I know I did a little bit of a choppy job with it, but it's okay. I think you got the gist of the story. And don't forget, no matter who you are, God can change your life just like he changed Raul's. God bless you, and thank you for joining us today on Godly Goosebumps. <laughs>